<clears throat> Presley, it's so good to see you. I was I just texted you. I turned around and you were there. It's amazing. Amazing. Are you doing okay, brother? Okay. All right. Good. Good. Well, hey, tonight we're dealing with a subject um, that is near and dear to my heart when it panics. Um, anxiety and worry and panic. Um, and I think it's appropriate because as I talk with many of you, and not just you here, but like people in this ministry, people that we have connections with, sit down one-on-one, a lot of, I hear a lot of anxiety. I hear a lot of worry. I hear a lot of stress um, over you know, class assignments, um, pressures to get things done, um, overwhelmed with the fact maybe you didn't work hard in the beginning and now feels like a tidal wave is upon you now. And so um, this is tough because it can lead to just just worry. It can lead to a spiral of, of uh, out of control, like thoughts of depression, um, sleeplessness, and it just kind of becomes a cycle of that. And a friend of mine in seminary, um, he, he told me about his panic attacks that got so bad that he would like be physically incapacitated, um, that he could just not do anything. And I'd never had experienced them. And then a couple of years later, and I've kind of shared that story when I was in St. Louis and, and dealing with the living in the city and the gang issues and fear and, and then I got panic attacks. <laughs> and to the point where one time I had to go to the ER, I thought I was having a heart attack. It was just a panic attack. My heart was fine. Um, but I don't know if you've been there, but it felt like a knot in the middle of my uh, chest for like several weeks and it wouldn't go away. And it led to spiraling thoughts of darkness and worry and anxiousness. And it just kind of like I was in a spiral of probably depression. And I got help uh, in the midst of that. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about tonight. In fact, there's a picture here. I don't know if you guys have seen on Facebook this picture of this woman. Her name is um, Amber Smith. And she posted, I guess not too long ago, that's her like all you know dressed up and looking good and everything. And, uh, and then here is after she had a panic attack and she took a picture and she posted on Facebook and she's had thousands of like hits and shares and all that kind of stuff. And she, she said this, um, she said, God knows why I'm doing this, but people need, need some, some home truth. She said, what I showcase to the world via social media, I'm dressed up, makeup done, filters galore. The normal side to me, bottom picture, taken tonight, shortly after suffering from a panic attack because of my anxiety. Also the normal side to me that most people don't see. I'm so sick of the fact that it's 2016 and there's still so much stigma around mental health. It disgusts me that so many people are so uneducated and judgmental over the topic. So this is what she's writing. They say that one in three people will suffer with mental illness at some point in their life. One in three. Do you know how many people that equates to worldwide? And yet, I've been battling with anxiety and depression for years and years, and there's still people that make comments uh, like, you'll get over it. You don't need tablets. Just be happier. 
You're too young to suffer with that. And then she goes into kind of a rant against those people. I'm not going to repeat some of the things that she said. Uh, but then she said, someone actually said this to me one day. Aren't you too young to be suffering with anxiety and depression? What do you, what do you actually have to be depressed about at your age? Wow, just wow. Uh, I'm a strong person. I've been through my fair share of crap in life, the same as everyone else, and I will be okay. I have the best family and friends around me, and I am thankful every day that I have the patience to help to help and support me. To anyone who's going through the same, please do not suffer in silence. There's so much support around. Don't be scared to ask for help. And so um, we're going to deal with that tonight. And then also, you know, I'm a big golf fan, and I just I love the Masters. And I watch it every year. I didn't actually get as much of a chance to watch watch as much of it like I normally do. But this is one of my favorite young golfers, Jordan Spieth, who's like 22 years old. So he's basically your age. Okay, This guy has already won two major championships. He won the Masters last year. So he's defending the Masters, right? He's leading the Masters by five strokes, coming into the final nine holes on Sunday afternoon. And there's a place called the Amen Corner in Augusta National Golf Course. And I think it's called Amen Corner just because, well, it's so beautiful, but also it's very hard golf holes, 11, 12, and 13. So he bogeys, that means he's one over par, 9 and 10. So now he's still got a three-shot lead. So he's on the 12th, and he's it's just a par 3, 150 yards. Normally, that's a pretty easy shot for a golfer, especially professional golfer. But with the pressure of Sunday and performing and millions of people watching and everybody there and having the lead, he hit a ball into the water. Okay? So in golf, that means the next ball you hit, you're already hitting three, so that would be par. You'd have to get a hole-in-one to get par. So he, he hits again, and he hits it into the water again. So now he's hitting five, okay, the next time. Then he hits it into the sand trap. Then he Then he hits it out. He got a seven. So he got... So basically, he went from leading comfortably in three holes to now losing the Masters. He never recovered, and he lost. Okay, and so everybody's like talking about like, how's he going to recover from this? Like, is he ever going to be able to get over this? Like, next time he he's in a tournament, and he's got the lead. Like, he's going to have those doubts in his mind. He's going to have all that anxiety. And so, you know, that's his caddy trying to console him. Um, but I I, br- I bring that up because. One of the reasons we we have anxiety and we have um, worry is because we fear like failure. We fear, hey, this is going to happen again. This happened before. This is probably going to happen again. Like I took that class and I didn't do too well. I'm going to have to take it again maybe. Like am I going to be able to make it? And so there's all kinds of reasons why we spiral into anxiety and into worry and into doubt. And, and so I want to just kind of talk about that, but then give some hope from uh, Psalm 46 tonight. And so part of the reason why I think college students go through a lot of anxiety. Sorry, <laughs> I'm like grabbing my paper uh, is because there's lots of storms. There's lots of uh, hole 12s in our life. OK, and. Some of them, I think, for college students are just like, you come to college and it's the first time you, ha- you, have, you have freedom and independence from your parents. And there's all kinds of um, options. There's all kinds of things that you could do. You could do anything you want to some extent. And there's the pressure of 
If you come out of a Christian home, the pressure to just like do whatever you want and leave all that um, and sow your wild oats like a lot of people do here at Maryland. And they think it's a pass that they don't have to worry about. Um, a lot of college students do that. Um, and maybe you go down that road and, and people get just overwhelmed with like feeling guilty, f- feeling the, you know, um, shame, all those kind of things. And all of this can play into anxiety. All of it can play into worry. Um, you have to worry about time management. And you are in a culture that we've never seen before with social media and um and i truly believe that like what it took college students to do in two hours years ago before social media and distraction it takes you guys more like three or four hours that's just my own thought i don't know if that's true but like i just feel like because of like you're working on something and you're getting a text from somebody and you look at it well that that just took you out of the concentration field Okay, now you could do that in my day as well, like just listen to the radio. I had to learn to like shut the radio off, okay, because I couldn't concentrate on my calculus and also have the stereo on. I had to have complete silence. But I think there's all kinds of reasons why there's difficulty in classes and, you know. So anyway, there's all kinds of storms, time management storm. The storms of the secular attack on your faith if you grew up in the church and uh, you're just inundated with, a, a worldview here that's anti-faith, anti-Christianity. Uh, uh, there's no absolutes when it came when it comes to religion. So that can lead to this. Um, there's anxiety about the future. What am I going to do with my life? I'm going in this direction. Was that really what I should be doing? There's anxiety about um, your grades, your GPA, all of these things. Relationships. I mean, you name it. There's all kinds of things that we can... Uh, fill in here. And so, um, tonight we're going to look at Psalm 46 as an antidote to the anxiety and to the fear uh, that we go through. So this is, you know, we read we read Philippians 4 to begin with tonight. That's, you know, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer and petition. This is kind of like the Philippians 4 of the Psalms. Okay, it's saying like, hey, take hold of God, remember who God is. So, um, here God's word it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She, will, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth, he breaks the bow and shatters the spear, he burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And so we're going to look at that, but I want to go back to the beginning and say, why are we anxious anyway? Where did this come from? Well, ultimately, this comes from the fall. It comes from the garden. It comes from 
when Adam and Eve sinned against God. Because what we have there is the first evidence of fear. After, you know, after Adam um, and Eve sinned and ate of the fruit, then they're hiding and, it, and, and they say, Adam says, like, you know, I was fearful of you because, you know, and, he, and God says, did you eat of, the, eat of the fruit, you know? But he was fearful, he was anxious, and they were hiding. And so, ultimately, everything, every malady in our life, whether it's physical, spiritual, emotional, psychological, environmental, relational, all the brokenness ultimately stems back from that. This issue of sin and this issue of separation from God and the curse. And so, the curse has affected every sector of creation and our humanity. So, anxiety, um, panic attacks, it's not the way it's supposed to be. Not the way it's supposed to be. But, it's what we have. But there is hope. Um, but often, the... Our anxiety comes because we have um, given our lives to false ideas, to false loves. Okay, for instance, we love control. We love comfort. We love peace. We love affluence. We love wealth. We love success. We love passing grades. We love approval. We love a planned out future. We love money in the bank, security, safety. We like a 401k. Okay, later on, you guys. And we tend not to like surprises and we get frightened and anxious easily. We're very much like hobbits. Okay. And, uh, and so when we interact with brokenness, our, our own sinful self, okay, our own idolatries um, and then and then also when we suffer just from the world's brokenness and surprises and tragedy and disease and all the things that affect us it leads to anxiety worry fear despair so our heart has trouble navigating the waters of a broken world our own brokenness uh, and stability um, it gets shattered because things are broken. Okay, so things aren't the way they're supposed to be. And so panic attacks kind of come out of that. Um, so anxiety and worry often happen when our foundations of self-control, self-security, self-safety, self-wealth, self-smarts, self-look, self-health, self-health, self-help are threatened. And so we worry. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to kind of just look at the, the big problem here. Um, anxiety is coming from somewhere. And so part of what it, what it means to grow in your faith in Christ is to try to get below the surface and say, what am I actually worried about? What's down there that's causing me to be so afraid? What's causing this anxiety? Lord, help me. Open that up. Show me what that is. Um, so that my foundation can be upon you. And so there is hope, and that's what Psalm 46 is, because it kind of guides us to this place where ultimately um, the psalmist is trying to be still and know that I am God. Go to that. The psalm is kind of leading to this conclusion. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. 
I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. So the point I want to bring about tonight is is that um, Psalm 46 is calling us to be still in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of our fears, in the midst of our failing GPAs or whatever it is, and to know God's protection, to know God's presence, and to know God's peace. Okay. So the first thing is be still and know that I am God. I am your protection. Um, and so the very first verse here is God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Okay. And he goes on and he talks about monumental collapses, even more than Jordan Spieth. Okay. Monumental collapse. He's talking about the very foundations of creation being like swept away and melt. He says, like, when the earth gives way, we're not going to fear when the earth gives We're not going to fear when the mountains literally fall into the sea and then it causes a tsunami. Okay, this is pretty major stuff here. So he's, he's saying, I'm not going to fear because God is my refu- refuge and strength, even if the very building we're standing in like just collapses right now. That's, that's a crazy kind of faith. But that's what he's saying. And so he's almost like saying, he's almost like saying, he's taking his anxiety to the ultimate point. What could be any worse than like this whole building like just crashing down and we're all dead? Okay. And he's saying like, even in the midst of that, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Okay. And what are your monumental collapses? Okay, we've kind of talked about some of them, but like, you know, death of a loved one, death of a family member, failure of a job, failing out of Maryland, you know, hearing a doctor say the C word, um, having some other fatal disease, a breakup with a girlfriend, a boyfriend, ending. I put this, the ending of The Walking Dead. That could be, that could be monumental. Um, but, you know, we have all these storms. We have all these things we're worried about. But what the psalmist is doing is saying, I'm going to take, I'm going to like, just like, pretend the greatest, horrible, most terrible thing ever happened. And God is, God is still my refuge and strength. And so, he says, uh, he's thinking about God's ultimate protection, a refuge and strength. And he keeps saying, like, God's going to help me. God's going to help me when the morning dawns. And that's, that's basically um, a military imagery. When did, in the old days, and even in the, now, armies typically fight in the beginning of the day. But like in the Civil War, all the battles were like in the beginning of the day, pretty much, most of them, because they needed light. Now we can do stealth, right? But he's saying God will help her when the morning dawns. He's saying God's going to be there protecting me. Um, even if even if the whole building blows up, we're okay. Um, I don't know what that is, but it sounds terrifying. Uh, but he's saying, um, you know, he's thinking about maybe how God was a refuge and strength to David to uh, in the midst of the Philistines and Goliath. And he's thinking about how God was a refuge and strength to Israel coming out of Egypt. Um, he's saying in verse 6, God utters His voice, the earth literally melts. Just His words do the trick. Okay, um, He's saying, the God of Jacob is our fortress. He's like a fort. He's solid. He's impenet- 
impenetrable. Okay, walls of concrete and steel, not even a nuclear blast. Uh, he's the one who makes the wars cease. He's a protector. God is fighting. He's protecting. He's battling. He's winning. Verse 11. He, he, 7 and 11 are the same. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Okay? He's with us. And so, He is the one who's protecting Israel. He's the one who is there. And so, the psalmist is practicing faith. And this is crucial for anxiety. Typically in anxiety, we just spiral into more anxiety. We spiral into like thinking about the issue. Okay, we just keep thinking about the issue and it spirals us. And what he's doing is he's saying, God is our refuge and strength. Be still. Be still, heart. And know that God is your ultimate protection. Like, meditate on that. Be still. God is our refuge and strength. And so he is practicing faith. And so it's crucial. All through the scriptures, we have this idea where we take our own heart by the hand, so to speak, and lead it to God. Because if we just kind of, you know, you know, your you know, your mind's always talking to you. Well, you ever thought about that? Like, you know, you listen to the radio, they're talking to you. People are talking to you. Your mom or dad calls, whatever. They're talking to you. But like you are talking to yourself right now. You're thinking about, oh, I got to do this when I get back. Like this is going long. Chris is really boring tonight. Okay, whatever. Your mind is like, it's okay. Your mind is saying stuff to you. What the psalmist is doing is he's saying, I'm going to take that mind and like shut it up and like focus and like take it to Jesus, take it to God. And so this is like practicing your faith in a very practical way. Like, God, be still and know that God is your protector. Okay? Um, so you have to do that. This is what faith, walking in faith means. Secondly, be still and know God's presence. Some of these are kind of overlapping. Okay, be still and know God's presence. And there was an old Catholic saint who wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. I don't know if you ever heard of that book. I think it was Brother Lawrence or something. I, I, um, but that's what the psalmist is doing. He's practicing God's presence. So he's not only thinking about monumental creation collapses and earthquakes and tsunamis and, and mountains going into the sea. He's also thinking about political instability and war. That's pretty bad. Okay, um, you know, and as you as you look around our nation right now, we've got a lot of political. It feels like a lot of political instability. We don't know what's going on with you know the presidential race, and there's just a lot of like horrible things on both sides, and it just seems crazy. And then we have the Syrian refugee crisis. You know that there's like. Right now, they believe over 250,000 Syrians have died in that war over the last several years. I mean, two, that's, you know, 650,000 is the number of Americans that died in all the wars. So they're almost like half that in their country. Okay. Um, so there's like, and then, you know, you got the refugee crisis. The world has problems. Um, and so. The same things were going on back then. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. Verse 6, but here's what he says. He utters his voice and the earth melts. Um, and so, in the midst of like the political, the wars and all the things that are going, he's like saying God's presence is here. And in verse 4 and 5, if you go back there, he gives this picture of 
the river, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. And so he gives this picture of the flowing river going through Jerusalem, the city of God. And in the Bible, you know, water is often like a, you know, symbolic for the Holy Spirit, for God's presence, for God, you know, bringing um, his, his presence into his people. Uh, through through his spirit, and so constantly he's saying, "The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us." Verse seven, verse eleven, um, and so here's what we have now. Okay, back then the Holy Spirit did come upon people here and there, came upon David, came upon the different prophets, but it was more sporadic. But then when Jesus comes, he says, "Listen, you know, I'm going to go." And only if I go will then the Counselor, Comforter come to be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you in the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus ascends to heaven and then He pours out His Spirit on His people. And so here's the thing that we forget. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the third person of the Trinity inside of us. But we forget that. We think we're alone. And what the psalmist is doing is saying, no, the Holy Spirit is in you, making glad your city. Okay, because where is the temple now? It's us. God inhabits His people, right? We are the temple of God. It's not just Jerusalem back there in the Middle East. It's you are the temple of God, Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus promises never to leave us. And so part of, again, part of what anxiousness needs is the counselor, comforter of the Holy Spirit convicting us, showing us who Jesus is, showing us truth, over falsehood. And so, getting at the roots of like these maybe idols that are driving us, you know, maybe if we're workaholic and we're just depressed because we're doing that so much, like we need the Holy Spirit to like work in there and like say, why are you doing that? Why are you working so hard? Like, why are you killing yourself and you don't have any friends because you're just like doing your major to get a 4.0, which is good, but also maybe another part of your life is out of balance. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. I mean, most workaholics lose their family because they're working so hard. You know? So you're out of balance and you're depressed and you're anxious. So the Holy Spirit reminds us that God is with you. You are a son and a daughter. The Holy Spirit is with you. The Holy Spirit is crying out, Abba, Father, with groans that you can't understand when you're in trouble. Um, and He's giving you His fellowship and His presence in the midst of your trials, in the midst of your most awful times. God is with you. And that's the beauty of like, you know, when I was going through my panic and stuff, my anxiety, and it, it was amazing. I mean, God brought His people into, into like, you know, to counsel me, to help me, to encourage me, to love me, Okay. They didn't like criticize me or laugh at me like when I was going through this. They took me to the hospital, you know. I don't know what they were thinking about. Like, took <laughs> I was okay. But I'm just saying, like, God was with me. He was using His people to help me, to pray for me, to encourage me, and to bring me out of that depression. I mean, I had to be on medicine for a little while. It's okay. It's okay. God was using doctors and counselors and people to help get me through that time out of that darkness. And it just, 
you know, eventually kind of whisked away. Um, but God was teaching me. He was teaching me a lot about my heart and what it was longing for. And then the last thing is this. Be still and know that I am God. I am your peace. Be still and know that I am your peace. And so there's a lot in here about God being a warrior. And uh, and God is the one who's melting kingdoms. And it says, Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts. And that means Lord Sabaoth, which is a Hebrew word, which basically means the one who is in charge of the armies of God. Okay, and so... If you've ever heard the, um, you've heard Mighty Fortresses Our God by Martin Luther, he wrote a Mighty Fortress off this hymn. Okay, so he read this hymn and he said, I got a good psalm that I would like to, to write. And in that, in one of the verses, it calls Jesus Lord Sabaoth. And he's saying, that's Lord. I, I was like, is that Sabbath? He's just saying, like, the Lord of the Sabbath? No, he's saying Sabaoth, which is the Lord of hosts, meaning. The one who fights the battles for you to give you peace. And that's what Jesus is doing. He is Lord Sabaoth. He has fought the ultimate battle. He has went to the cross. He has defeated death. He has defeated Satan. He has defeated sin. He has defeated the flesh. He has defeated all of your enemies and mine. Okay, on that tree. And then he has defeated death itself, the resurrection. And so, Lord Sabaoth, the armies of God inhabiting Jesus, reigning and being victorious. So he's saying, hey, you got a victor because you've got ultimate peace because Jesus has won the ultimate peace and defeated sin and death and made a way for you. And so, so what anxious people really need... Ultimately, we need a gospel. We need a big Jesus who defeats our enemies and defeats our own sinful hearts and gives us hope in the gospel and hope of grace, okay, and hope of the love of God and stills our anxious hearts, okay? And, but it doesn't go away. It's going to come back. The anxiety is going to come back, but. The Christian goes back to stuff like Psalm 46 and he says, like, just let me just get away and just like be still and know that I am God. And practice meditating on these things like this is who you are in Christ. This is who you are. He's your protection. Okay? He's your presence. He's your peace. And we have that all in Jesus. So let me pray. Lord, thank you for this psalm. And Father, I pray for my friends here and even my own heart. We get so anxious. We get so full of fear. Uh, It can drive us crazy. And it can make us stay up at night because we can't sleep and our mind is just racing. So Lord, would You bring healing? Lord, if we need to go see a counselor, Lord, would we do that? If we need to talk to somebody, would we do that? If we need to pray with our roommates, our Christian friends, Lord, would we be open enough to unleash like our burdens on other people so that they can help us and pray for us? Uh, Jesus, um, heal us. Give us Your presence that we might know that You are our refuge and strength. And so we pray that in Christ's name. Amen. Do we need do we need lights? You don't have to worry about it. Oh.